Welcome into episode seven of Real Estate Combos with Jake and Steve. My name is Jake Boucher. And I'm Steve Boucher. And thank you for tuning in to this episode. And like we mentioned last episode, we will be diving into what are the steps to selling a home. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. And before we get into this episode, we are putting together a seller's checklist of the steps you need to do uh, when it comes to selling your home. Uh, this episode will briefly got, dive into that. The checklist may go into further, inf- uh, go into more depth about the whole thing. So we'll see. But yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be coming in the next month or two. So in this episode, it's gonna be a little different. I'm kind of gonna let him just run with it. I there's gonna be, there's multiple steps I can go over, and I'm kind of just gonna keep it organized and just like you know step one, step two, you know that that type of thing. Uh, so without further ado, let's kind of just jump right into it. So in the, when it comes to sellers, the sellers, um, you know, checklist or the, the process in selling a home, what is the number one step that you need to take? Well, first of all, I believe there's about maybe 10 to 15 steps that need to be broken down before you put it on the mar- market, understand your role, understand your direction and your timing. Uh, but we'll start off at the beginning. Everybody's house is the best one in the neighborhood. Everybody's house is the most expensive in the neighborhood. And everybody's house, you know, that one sold next door, but mine is so much better than that one. I've been hearing that for 35 years. Uh, It's very consistent. I don't care who you are, what age you are, what neighborhood you are. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. Take that with a grain of salt. In my opinion, step one is neutrality. I believe... In my opinion, you should bring in a professional, bring in somebody that has third party eye, nothing in the, no skin in the game, so to speak, a neighbor, a family member, uh, bring in a real estate agent, hire an appraiser, bring in even a property inspector. um, And you're going to learn a lot about your house and how it matches up to the neighborhood. So neutrality, third party set of eyes, uh, to me is step number one. So someone who's not biased. Somebody that is not biased, correct. Because everybody is emotionally vested in their own home. Paint on the walls and where Tommy cracked his head open and the new toilet seat you just put on, none of that matters to a buyer. All right, so that was step one. And step two, you've got to identify your target market. Who, who is your buyer? Who do you want buying your house? So what, what, what goes into Okay, that? so as we go through the list, the checklist here, as we go through these different features of a property before you market it, you, you, you've got to figure out what kind of property you have, what's your neighborhood like, is it on a high traffic roll, is your house going to be torn down and a gas station going up anyway? Uh, is McDonald's coming in next door to you? What's happening? If you're in a residential area, if you're in a subdivision, if you're on a main road, if you're near a lake, if you're on a ski resort, obviously all these things contribute to your location and the use of your property. Um, If you're a 150-year-old home like we have many of up here in New England, a lot of them are nearing the end of their useful life. Floors are sagging, foundations are crumbling, the beams have been up for 150 years. Uh, So maybe it's time for that property to get completely torn down or renovated or completely gutted to the studs. Uh, Maybe you're in the middle of that cycle. Maybe you need a ton of maintenance. Maybe the the area has been converted to um, auxiliary apartments, in-law apartments, two families. Maybe you could convert that way. 
Um, so, so who is your buyer? What is your property going to be able to contribute to that buyer to maximize your value, your sale price, in, in, in the quickest amount of time, basically? So you got to needle down to who is the buyer, who is the target. If it's falling apart and you need to sell it as is, that's your answer too. Then you're looking for a cash buyer, a cash investor. You're not going to make a ton of money because of the condition, but you can get out of it quickly with money in your pocket. So who's your target? That's that's stage two. It's an important step. Um, so step three, we have liability. You gotta, you know, see if you, you gotta know if your house has lead paint issues, uh, if it needs maintenance work done. So just go into a little more detail about Cor- the, correct. The liability. Before you before you put it on the market and you start inviting agents in your home, buyers in your home, they're gonna be doing tours, maybe an open house. Are there any broken stairs? Are there any broken handrails? Are there broken glass? Does it have lead paint? Uh, All of these things are going to contribute down the road as we get to the end of our checklist to the pricing factor. It's going to boil down to the marketing factor. So all of these things. We're in an area where you cannot sell a property without somebody taking responsibility to get the Title V, the septic system, certified. It can be done after closing, but somebody has to raise their hand and say, I'll take care of it. That's another liability issue. That could be up here in New England, a $30,000, dollars $50,000 septic system that somebody needs to deal with. So again, if you're buying it as is, and I'll take responsibility, well, I'm not going to pay you full price and maybe have to put in a $50,000 septic system. If the seller's doing it ahead of time, he's being proactive, I'm going to have it pumped and checked and certified. Well, then you can get more money for the house because that's a big ticket item now off the, off the reel. So any of those liability items before somebody comes in your home, more than just staging, more than just, um, you know, the beauty of it all, the, the condition. It's the little details. It's, it's this, the liabilities, the walls that don't have fences or, or plantings that people can fall off, loose anything. Um, pools that haven't been used in forever, there's still water in it. Make sure there's a cover on it. Make sure the cover can hold an adult if he falls in. That kind of thing needs to be done before people get onto your property because it's ultimately your responsibility. And one of those other important things is curb appeal. You have to have your house looking good from the outside. Um, would, would you say that's like the what people's eye goes to first when they pull up to a house? If, if it's like not landscaped properly, it's like they might be turned off right away if, yeah. if it's an open house or and, something. And, and in my opinion, again, it's only going back to 1985. So in my opinion, <laughs> And I, I've dealt with a few of these. Um, it used to be people drove by the property constantly. Now the internet, social media, it still comes down to a photograph. It still comes down to a drone view. It still comes down to the Google machine, the Google view. Um, people are doing their research and it's so much easier today than it was back in the day. The exterior will make or break a transaction in a heartbeat. If somebody is looking for their family home, a final home, they want the white picket fence and the two cats in the yard, they're going to be looking for that dream property. And it all comes down to that initial impression, oh my God, that's the house. I can picture us playing on the 4th of July. I can picture, you know, Sammy out back with the, you know, fireworks and whatever it takes. So yes, curb appeal is, is hugely, hugely important. And again, that's where that neutral party comes in. They can sit and say, those shrubs are overgrown and way past where they should be. If it's halfway up a window, they're overgrown. Pull them out of there and put some cute little ones in there. Flowers, anything on that nature. Uh, Curb appeal. How's the roof look? How's the siding look? Are the windows falling apart? 
the um, shutters crooked, not nailed into the house correctly. All of that adds up to curb appeal. So that would be a very important step if you're ready to sell, wanting to sell, bring in a third party, stand on the curb near the street and say, what does it look like, honestly, from here? That's my opinion. The third party, I, I didn't realize how important it actually is. Do, do a lot of sellers just kind of ignore that step? Do they just like don't want to hear like, For, bad, like bad news about their home? Like they don't want to like... Well, again, everybody's always the best house in the neighborhood, best house in town, best house on the block, and mine's worth a lot more than my neighbor's, even though it's the same everything. Um, yeah, they don't want to hear the negatives. They don't want Chris. And, and having a real professional in your corner is going to help you in the long run. Again, it's a crazy market right now in early, mid-2021, to 2021, but the reality is that's not normal. We're in an extreme market right now. So you're going to need all these little nuances to get your house sold and marketed in a reasonable amount of time. So bring in a professional. You don't want a yes man. Any real estate agent will take your property for any price. That doesn't mean it's going to sell. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to move on to your next life. It means your market's going to, your property's going to be on the market and you're taking a risk every time somebody comes in the house without the chance of potentially selling. So the third party, that professional, that somebody that you can trust that's not a yes man, that needs work, this is ugly, hide that in the garage, whatever it takes to get your property into its best eyes. Best viewing, actually, what you need. Uh, is what you need to do. So the third party is huge. You kind of mentioned maintenance already. What do you think people need to do with maintenance? Is that like the renovations like inside that need that are necessary? Correct. Now we've taken care of outside, and we know that the lawn needs work, the wall needs work, the roof needs replacing. So the outside curb appeal was one section. Now the maintenance is a second section. That, to me, is inside. Is the plumbing dripping? Is your kitchen's faucet dripping? Is the ice maker broken? The dishwasher broken? Uh, all of those things is the is the is the furnace up to date and cleaned and serviced. Does it have an efficiency tag on it? Maintenance goes preparing the house for a home inspection, preparing the house for an appraisal. How sad would it be to have an extra thirty days? Right now, appraisers. I'm a certified appraiser. Right now, I'm booking out five weeks for my appointments. That's crazy. Okay. So what if you wait five weeks? The appraiser finally comes in the house. It's an FHA deal, and I found three little stupid things that, that need to be corrected. And now you have to rebook me to come back again because, because FHA wants the appraiser to sign off on it. It's, so, yeah, the more little things you can get done early, the better it's going to be in the long run. So maintenance to me, in my mind, is the inside stuff. Make sure everything's working. The outlets all have plates. There's no open electric boxes anywhere. Lights are hungs, uh, ceiling fans work. If you need to bring in a handyman, bring in a handyman. If you need to bring in a, a home inspector and get a seven page report, pay for a home inspector, get a seven page report. And again, ultimately, the hardest type of financing to get through in the market today is FHA, VA. They look for all these little things as, as an appraiser goes through. We, we have our own little mental checklist that we do. Bring in an appraiser that does FHA or VA work and have them give you a cursory walk around the house. That way they you know the house conforms to the hardest type of financing so no matter what buyer comes in your house will conform how's that for rocket science uh people who do for sale by owner they might not follow all these steps uh they don't have a professional like you like you mentioned in the beginning who comes in with a non-biased opinion and looks at their home and people with, who are for sale by owner probably 
on average price it higher than it's actually listed for uh, or for, for the comps. So what should people who are for sale by owner um, and who don't have a, an agent, uh, what should they do in this process? Well, luckily there's not too, too many of those. I think I read somewhere like it's up to 15% nationally due for sale by owner, it's too easy. And again, it, it, go back to another one of our sessions. If you're a for sale by owner and you've done a ton of flips and you've bought and sold five companies, uh, five properties because of different uh, company moves, relocation, so to speak, you kind of know what you're doing. You've been through the game. You've seen what's both ends, buying and selling, what, what it's all about. So if you're experienced, that's fine. But if you're like just trying to save commission and, oh, my God, I want the most money because I have to buy, it doesn't usually work. It's going to be on the market longer. You're going to price it wrong. You're not going to have the repairs and updates. You're not going to have it staged properly. There's going to be all kinds of different issues you're going to miss because you don't do it for a living. People do. When you get to that, when you get to the stage of the maintenance is done, the curb appeal has been looked at, everything's been looked at, the property's ready to be staged and take photos of it. When you're at that point or slightly thereabouts, it's time to, how are you going to market? How are you going to sell it? Are you going to be a FISBO? Do you need help? And if you need help, who? 85% of all real estate agents in the world don't do much of anything. They get a few deals a year and that's it. So are you going to go with the top professionals, 15, 20% of those agents out in the market that sell these things for a living? They're busy. They make a living at it. Usually they know what they're doing, which is why they're selling so many properties. So figure out where you are, what your market is, what your town is, who your agents are, who you know, and, and basically bring in the outside opinions, bring in the professionals that do it, in my opinion. That sounds like the most important thing, or one of them is to it's find yeah, the, those third parties. And one of the last steps that we have is uh, pricing. That's obviously, you know, it's super important. If you don't price it right, it's not going to sell. Dive into a little deeper about the pricing aspect. Well, the pricing aspect we, is... We, we had a whole episode about this, if you haven't seen that yet, so yeah, go check we, that out. We, we've done the pricing episode, and again, this will be very brief, but again, everything is relative. Right now, we're in an extremely hot market. You can get more for your property than usually what people tell you you can. It, properties are 3 4 5% above what they're listed at is what they're selling at, which is unprecedented in my career. I've seen them neutral, and I've seen them slightly over, but right now it's running four to five percent higher, 40, 50, 70,000 over asking price. It's insane right now because there's a shortage and there's a demand. There's more buyers than there are properties. So that's the market. So pricing is very, very key. If it's a cash area, if you're a beachfront property, if you're a ski resort property, if you're on a golf course, you're dealing with high rollers, you're dealing with the CEOs and, and upper management areas, it depends on your town. Well, there's a lot of cash involved. There's a lot of income involved. They have high credit scores. But if you're in a lower inner city scenario, if you're in an outskirt rural area, you don't have the same players. So pricing matters in that case. You need to go through financing and you need to find the right buyer as quick as you can for the most money. Bring in the professionals, bring in the real estate agents, hire an appraiser and do a private appraisal. Second to last is marketing. I mean, I've said it before, marketing is the lifeblood of any business and especially when it comes to selling your home. Talk about that a little bit more. Very, very briefly, the marketing aspect is basically make, basically your bailiwick. If we know what the price is, we know what the type of house is, we know what the type of you know neighborhood is, you market it to the specific buyer target. So whether it's social media, whether it's internet, whether it's MLS, whether it's 
you know, cash buyers, investors, you, you figure out what that target is and you go after it specifically. With today's technology, you can target any specific buyer for any specific reason. That is true. So that's in a nutshell. Wrapping it up, basically, you should have a team. Do you have an attorney to oversee the paperwork? Get them on board early. Do you have an accountant? Do they do prepare? Do you have a CPA? Do you have a business? Do you have an LLC? I don't know what your lifestyle is, small company. But get your professional team involved early, often. Your contracts, offers come in, boom, it goes to the attorney. Boom, it goes to the CPA. Is there another way to do things? Maybe it would be a 1031 exchange of properties. Um, there's a lot of avenues, but my last closing argument is before you get on, you know, the market, have your septic guy, have your handyman, have your accountant, have your attorney, all in play, all from the get-go. If you don't have them, appraisers know them, real estate agents know them, we'll help you through. And without, with that, we're going to close out this episode. Camera battery is getting low, so sorry if we kind of spit up the, at the end there. But thank you so much for tuning into episode seven. We hope you learned something from this. So stay tuned for episode eight. They'll be coming the Tuesday after. Uh, this one, we took a week off, long weekend, all day, you know, busy. Um, so thank you and uh, like this video on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, uh, review on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Really, really helps us out and really, and we appreciate that and it gives us some good feedback. So again, thank you and we will see you on episode eight. Ciao.